Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Hola, amigos. You know, you say that a lot, Nick. Hey man, I gotta I gotta have some kind of, like, greeting that I use every time. I mean, counterpoint. Yes. Do you? Uh, no. However, yes. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where we make our way through the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure anime one episode at a time. One at a time. I've watched it all before, Nick hasn't. What are we like? Uh, it's a rhetorical mean, question. Oh, okay. I thought that was a genuine one for a second. I was In fact, really everything I say this episode will be rhetorical, so you don't need to say or do anything. Today we watched the uh, 55th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the 29th episode of Stardust Crusaders, and the 5th episode of Stardust Crusaders Battle in Egypt. Every time. It covers... Uh, the end of chapter 195 through 198 of the manga. That's quite a few. That's a whole three. Great. Great work. Great <laughs> work, Nick. I had so much to this podcast, <laughs> Liam. I had so much. What did you think of this episode, Nick? I thought it was good. Uh, although after you told me that some things were added in the anime that weren't in the manga, I just kind of went, oh, okay. I mean, they're still in the episode. I mean, they're still there, so it's still good. But, you know. It's still good. It's still good. It's still all right. It's just a little anime. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit JoJo's. That's all. That's all. Uh, yeah, no, I quite like the uh, the whole mind control thing. Some good action. Yeah. Some good logic. Some good Iggy. Some good, good, good Iggy. Good boy. Oh, oh he's a good boy. Oh, such a dog. Such an American gentleman. <laughs> Nick, I want to share with you some words of wisdom from the author of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and artist, Hirohiko Araki. Ooh, an artist now. This comes from volume 21 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which includes chapters such as God Kanum Oingo and God Toth Boingo. And all of the Anubis arc. <laughs> so we've we've actually caught up. Have we? Yeah, well the next... The last three chapters of this volume of manga have the uh, first three chapters of what we'll be seeing next episode. Hey! We did it. We finally did it. And then you see the Statue of Liberty on a beach. <laughs> we cut to the credits as, I don't know, Bon Jovi plays over them. Yep, sure. Because, you know, it's freedom uh, music. Shot through the heart and you're to blame. <laughs> It's nothing to brag about, but I'm horrible at remembering things. Oh, he sounds like you, Nick. Oh my god, I am him. I just can't remember it. I am thou, thou art I. I can barely remember what I did for fun as a kid, or what such and such TV show was about. The other day I saw Rie Miyazawa, which the parentheses informed me is a Japanese actress. Okay. But I completely forgot her name. When I asked someone what her name was, they laughed at me. I should mention I'm a huge Rie Miyazawa fan. I'm really worried about my future. <laughs> Man, you know how before I was talking to you about memory? Did yeah. it sound anything like that? A fair bit, actually. Yeah! Well, uh, you know what they say, those who uh, forget the mistakes of the past are doomed to repeat them. So what I'm saying is you're gonna fuck up a lot. Good to know. Wait, fuck up what? Shut up. <laughs> Let's try it. Let's try it and I hate it. <laughs> I add so much to this podcast. Whereas my personality problems come from being increasingly bitter in a way that isn't just a thing I'm saying to be quirky for the podcast and is actually a real concern in my life. You get older and older and things become less and less beautiful. Yeah. You're just like, you know what? Art isn't real. It's all illusions of the mind. I... Well, I hope not because I work in the arts, so... <laughs> well, yeah, all right, that's fair. No, I do try to be positive about things. Like, I think it's important. You said that in a very aggressive way. You're like, I try to be positive about things. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, you've got to be aggressively positive. This is great! I fucking love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, look at that stand! I mean, it's okay. It's it's not... Nick! <laughs> why don't you like Anubis? I mean, it, it's okay. It's, you know, probably 8 out of 10. Yeah, you know, it's got some C's and its stats. <laughs> look, the stats are flawless. I will not hear a word against the stats. Star Platinum stats are almost flawless, as you observed today. Almost flawless. That's the key. Look, I don't really care about the stat graphs. I've... Go on record with that. That's why we haven't been discussing them. Uh, someone on Twitter did link me a... Uh, it was a Tumblr or a blog or something like that where someone was um, sort of rejigging the stats to be more accurate. And if that's the sort of thing, that sounds interesting. Not really uh, what I come to JoJo's for, though, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I might po I might uh, post a link to that in the show notes for this episode because if you're into that, you might like it. I probably can't look at it because it has all the stands, I imagine. I could send you some samples, probably. Oh, yeah. I'll do some... Uh... Some calculations on them. See which one is most likely to win. I'll give you a hint. It's probably going to be Star Platinum. Yeah. Even just because, you know. He wins. Yeah, he always All wins. His power is to win. <laughs> he is covered by plot armor. That's his stat. Like, that's his stat. 
And his knuckles are covered in regular armour, as we learnt today. So they are. We pick up basically where we left off last time. Uh, Polnareff's getting his barbary done. His barbary yep, done? Yep, he's in a barber having barbary done to him. He's having a close shave. A little too close for comfort, if you ask me. Close with death. As our, our friendly barber, Khan, is now no longer so friendly, holding the cursed sword of Anubis. Oh, you forgot to mention the... Uh... Iggy bit with the gum. That happens later. Does it? Yeah. Man, my memory is awful. I'm really worried about my future. <laughs> He's like, look, Polareff, I've got the sword right under your chin. I'm the stand that suggests Anubis. Look, Jotaro's asleep. He can't help you. This is looking bad. This is looking pretty grim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Polareff's like, oh no, what do I do? I'm just stuck here in this barber chair. Wait a minute. Barber, barber chair? chair. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> So he yanks on the uh, the thing that loops. The lever. The lever. That's what I'm going for. He gets some leverage in the chair. And he falls back as it leans backwards. And Anubis once again demonstrating its sharpness quality. <laughs> <laughs> the, the power of the stand appears to be very sharp. Yeah. He's got a, uh, he's got a sharp mind. But how will it, how will it cross blades with Polaris' rapier sharp wit? Ooh. Ooh, you could say it's a battle of swords. Yeah, you could wit. say that they're having a sword fight. They both use swords. That's the joke. That's We've taken it to its logical extremes, and now we're in meta territory. Nick, you can't just use words not the way that they're meant to be used. Sorry, we're in surreal territory. Uh, he does a cool flip and uh, gets out of the way, and Khan cuts himself in the chest real bad. It's surprisingly deep. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was alluding to when I said it was super sharp. Yeah, no. Before we got sidetracked by some stupid bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, sword displays some more evil energy, which it does about half a dozen times this episode. It's always purple, and it's always an aura. Uh, that's how you can tell it's evil. Yeah. Uh, they, they have a brief fight. <laughs> you know. Yes, they have a brief fight. Yeah. Yes. Polnareff is like, oh, the sword is just a stand. The stand is just a sword, and it controls whoever's wielding it. Fuck. That's not good. And then he throws a chest of drawers at him to keep him up for a sec so he can pull Chariot out. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good or idea. maybe it was maybe it wasn't a chest of drawers, it was that little barber stand that they have that they keep their equipment in. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Anubis gloats. Anubis has, a, Anubis has a lot of gloating this episode. Well, he didn't really talk last time. No, so this and time... this time he does a... I'm not going to say he doesn't do anything but talk because he's a sword and that is used a lot. But he talks a lot. He talks a lot more. He's like, you're no match for me, Polnareff. I'm super strong. And also I memorised all of your powers last time because I memorised people's powers so I never lose to someone I've fought before. He never loses twice. To that the same a, person. Yeah, that is a good stand power. Specifically if you are a sword that can possess people because if you, you know, if you're a person, you only really need to lose the once. Yeah, and then you kind of never need to deal with them it's, again. It's got good, good synergy life form... Uh, good power life form synergy. <laughs> and I use life form very loosely because I must stress, he is a sword. He is steel, no flesh. They should have called this guy Dan of Steel. <sighs> it's only one of those sorts of episodes. This is the episode where I'm super tired because my dog is being really anxious at night and I'm not sleeping well. I mean, your dog was like quite happy to see me. Which yeah, is... but I think that's because you weren't me and she's mad at me because my focus have gone away and I'm still here. <laughs> It's like, why haven't you gone, Liam? And why aren't they still here? Apparently dogs do get quite anxious when, like... Their actual owners go away. Well, no, when, actual... when the household changes. Uh, no, that makes sense. Most people get anxious when a household changes. <laughs> but I understand where my parents have gone. That is true. You know they're coming back. Yeah, so I'm house-sitting. The dog, however. The dog is no Iggy. Iggy would know, deep down. Surely. Because Iggy's quite a smart dog. Yeah, Iggy's cunning. Yeah, your dog would just be like... I My dog's also English. quite cunning, but oh. she doesn't speak English. And doesn't really have a concept of going to Canada. Yeah. I wonder if Iggy can speak English. Anyway. Anyway. We get the, impre we get the impression a few episodes ago that he can understand it, at least. Yeah. But that's sort of like understanding commands, you know? So you, well, are you basically asking me if Iggy can talk Scooby-Doo style? I mean, maybe. Rosef, we gotta get down. No. What can of And then he makes open? a big sandwich. <laughs> And then he farts on it, because that's what Iggy does. If I were, like, one piece of fan art in this, from this podcast, it would be Iggy making a, a big Scooby-Doo sandwich with some gum in it. <laughs> no, it's just a gum sandwich. No. Except the, that, like... That sounds repellent. The two buns are, like, the gum still in the packaging, and then inside is just half-chewed gum. No, no, you, no, spat you out can't... And, no, that's, you know. that's, that's even worse than a bread sandwich. 
Yeah, but a bread sandwich is a classic. How can you go? No, hang on, I'm thinking of a toast sandwich. Yeah. Are you familiar with the idea of a toast sandwich? Is it just two pieces of toast with a piece of bread in the centre? It's the reverse of that. Oh, no. No, you want something, like, soft and fluffy in the centre of the hard, like, outer... <laughs> the hard outer flesh of your sandwich. Of toast. Yeah. You know, you want your sweet nougat centre of your bread. Nick, I hate this. <laughs> oh. B.O.P. happens. Uh, I pointed out to you that one particular shot we get of... Silver Chariot striking a pose where he holds two swords in front of him in an X-shaped position mm. is unusual because why Silver Chariot only has one sword, doesn't he? And I was like, cool. I mean, what what are you trying to get at, Liam? Mayhap, mayhap he unlocks some new form and uses it to unleash, to, to defeat Anubis or something. I don't know, Liam. That seems pretty outrageous. And of I course, when I say unlock, this being part three of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, it would probably be more like, yeah, I could do this the whole time. Yeah. Double sword mode. I can shoot my sword, guys. Have been able to since the start of part But three. it's really bad because if I do it and then miss, I am defenseless. Except now, double sword mode. <laughs> Thing is, when you said that, I basically cast it aside as like, yeah, so not this episode. <laughs> right. He's fighting a sword, but he hasn't got two swords, Liam. Jeez. That doesn't make any sense. But we'll get to that shortly. Yes. After the OP, we cut back to the hotel where Joseph is teasing Iggy with gum. It is a glorious He's just, he's just holding it out of his reach. And, you know, we've seen Iggy jump. He's got some ups. Yeah. He can get to Polnareff's head from the ground. <laughs> but somehow he can't reach this gum. Oh, they have such fun. <laughs> Him and Joseph. Such logical inconsistency. And then he farts. And then... You Joseph really... is like, oh, it stinks so bad because he's a clown. You really dislike Iggy farting. I just don't like it. Like, I'm not going to harp on it anymore other than mentioning that it will be my low light for the episode oh. uh, because it's, you know, just hearing me complain about it is boring. But, you know, it doesn't do it for me. A well-timed fart joke can be the accentuation. See, and now you have already said this on this podcast too. So yeah, I know. this whole conversation is redundant. But that's what fart jokes are. Redundant? No. The camera pans uh, up to Avdal standing with his hands on his hips, staring out a window. And he's like, those guys are taking a while. I mean... Suspicious. That seems odd. And that is suspicious, but they would have been taking a while anyway because Polnareff decided to go get his haircut. Well, no, because they never said they were going to get the exactly, haircut. Exactly, yeah. So it was like, they are taking a long time to post something or take it to the police station. Yeah, so in this yeah. case, he's right. Something is up. Because they've been taking a wrong, long time. But it would have been anyway. <laughs> they would have been taking a long time anyway. Because Polnareff is getting a haircut. He's so vain. Back at the fight, there's a lot of sword swinging. A lot of... Uh, a lot of taunting. A lot of parrying. A lot of thrusting. Ooh. It's pretty cool, honestly. Yeah. Khan is taking a lot more sort of... He's a big, he's a big bulky guy. Like, yeah. Even for a Jojo character, I'd say. He is like... What's his name from um, Moana? The big demigod guy. Maui? Yeah. He's like Maui, the big demigod sure. guy. Or like... Jonathan Joestar. Either of these are appropriate. I <laughs> know oh, I get the sense that he's more like a big hulking, like sumo wrestler type guy than a yeah, well. He wasn't overweight. Yeah, like more like not bodybuilder. Like he's like form. work strong, not workout strong. Yeah, basically. Yeah. He's got that barrel chest. Every protagonist is Sylvester Stallone. And all this to say that he is, you know, just using his light, his significant strength to bear down on Polnareff. And Polnareff gets sort of smashed against the floor and is barely parrying. <laughs> he is not having a good time. No, and he's like, he's getting stronger with every strike. Don't help me, Jotaro. You don't have a sword. So this guy has one sword. That's more than swords than you have. So you won't be able to fight him good. Bare hands do not It would work be well. a bad idea for you to fight someone with one sword with Star Platinum, which only has bare hands. I mean, you could try, though. And since... also, don't hurt this guy. He's just a puppet. Oh, well, that's that's not going to fucking happen. Yeah. <laughs> Polnareff hatches a cunning plan. So he throws this blanket. Yeah, it's pr probably... I, I just wrote tarp, but it's probably one of those... Um... <laughs> a tarp? Yeah. Do you often get a haircut with a well, tarp? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's probably one of those... Um, What's the word? Covers? Yeah, one of those... No, that's a word. I swear it's just a cover. Like, you wear it. Yeah, one of those like things a barber puts on... Not an apron. A big apron. Smock. A smock. It's kind of a smock. Oh, a smock. What the hell's a smock? Nick, I think we had this conversation last week. Did we? Yes. I don't know. I remember. Either that, or, either that or the other... My other podcast co-host also didn't know what a smock was. <laughs> Were you just like, this guy didn't know what a smock was? It's like, what's a smock? Nick, why would I have been starting the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> there are so many... You vex me, child. <laughs> So he gets this smock. He gets this smock and he throws it at him. And it's like, I've obscured your vision. Just like that pole obscured your vision last time. And now I'll ricochet my my blade off the wall with my special shooting trick and stick it in your neck again. 
Now, the laws of physics, I mean... He's an expert swordsman. Okay, okay. Look, I'm not saying it can't happen. Are you saying that ricocheting is impossible? I'm not saying it's impossible to pull this move off, but it is very difficult. He's an expert swordsman fighting with the manifestation of his soul. He should have perfect control over it. I mean, it's not like Dan of Steel where he can bend the sword mid-thing. He has to ricochet I think you mean whole horse. Sorry, whole horse. Dan of Steel is just such a memorable guy. Yes, of course. It's not like Whole Horse. That's not even his real name, if you remember. Wait, isn't it? Because he was just Steely Dan, and then the subtitle said Dan of Steel. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's be honest. It's his real name. Yeah. Yeah. It's become his real name. No, but I mean, he wouldn't be able to control the blade mid-flight. No. So he has to ricochet it off a wooden wall, or a wooden... I think he hit a metal thing. Okay, alright. If there's any physicists out there who know about ricocheting... Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Right in. You don't have to manage the social media accounts. You're bringing this down on me. Uh, if there's more than one physicist. <laughs> yeah, all the physicists go to the annual physicist meeting you will go to <laughs> and then figure out who's going to send us this. Not Neil deGrasse Tyson. If this turns into a published paper, uh, I want my name on it, is all I'm saying. Ugh. All this to say that uh, Anubis blocks and he's like, the same attack will never work on me twice. Oh shit, he remembered. God. He's got a better memory than you do, Nick. You're goddamn right he does. I've learned all your attack patterns. Now, as we know, that's not quite true, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Polymer is like, oh, fuck, I have no weapon. Help, Jotaro, I have no swords, and this guy has one sword. Please come and beat him up for me. We're, we're kind of the same now, Jotaro. Yeah. I, I suck without you. Please help me. Star Platinum runs up, and oh, and this guy starts turns around and starts approaching Star Platinum, who just plants one right on his cheek. Plants one right on his cheek so hard that he goes flying through the window. I love the shot of this as well, where he's coming in, like, screaming down on Jotaro. And then as he lifts up his sword to bring it down, it's just... Hurrah! Bam! Punch in the face. Yeah. Through the window, smash. Uh, one guy outside is like, hey, Khan, are you okay? <laughs> you seem pretty roughed up there. He's a bit stunned, for understandable reasons. Hey, you got a sword! Jotaro's breathing really heavily, and he's like, man, it took me, it took everything I had just to land that punch. Didn't look that hard. No, it looked pretty easy. He's so strong and he's not using any schemes or spells to attack us. He's just got a magic sword that is basically a katana with yeah. a stand inside of it. Khan sits up and is like, Wow, Star Platinum, you're as fast as I heard. But now I've learned all those moves. I mean, to be fair, pretty much all of Jodoro's moves are punches. Yeah, but he's got more than one kind of punch. It's true, he does have multiple types of punches. He's got that punch flurry that he does. The aura aura. Yep. Uh, he's got the single aura. Yep. He's got... The aura aura aura. Ooh, good choice. The aura aura aura. Then he's got aura, what he aura. did to Dan of Steel. <laughs> AKA, the fuck up. Yeah. And of course, some bullshit like Starfinger and inhaling things. <sighs> of course he can inhale things. Should have inhaled that sword. Shit, I want to know what would happen if he tried to Well, he would die. Well, no, because what about um, if he inhaled it like one of those guys who puts the swords down their throats? Maybe he would be possessed. Ooh. But who'd be possessed? Would it be The Stand or Jotaro? Well, as we learn later on, it's a moot point. I guess. Distinguishing between them. I guess. Hmm. Questions. Uh, They're all like, hey, man, this guy's being controlled. Get inside. And the guy who was like, hey, Khan, screams and runs off. I like the idea that maybe that would actually happen in real life. Where, like, a guy flings through a window, another guy walks out, it's like, this guy's being controlled, get out of here. Oh, I know what, I know all about people being controlled, that's scary. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> the more we fight, the faster it gets. The next attack is going to be so strong and fast, we can't even believe it. I mean, we as the viewer certainly can't, let me tell you. Khan leaps into the air, he's doing a big old dumb samurai sword strike thingy. But then is like, get behind me, Polnareff, I'll counter with an even dumber samurai manoeuvre. <laughs> He's going for me, so fuck it. Get out of the way. Star Platinum pops on out and he does that thing, which is legitimately pretty cool. Mm. That thing that happens in some samurai movies where, because it's a it's a flat blade, mm-hmm. as it's swinging down towards you, catches it by clapping his hands on it. Ah, cunning. Of course. And then uses his sweet Star Platinum strength to snap the blade into. Ah, in Twain. Yes, Mark Twain, the creator of Anubis. <laughs> That's how the Egyptians were. Yeah, Mark Twain is my favourite mangaka. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's your favourite manga? Mangaka. Mangaka. That's not a manga artist. Writer. Oh, there you go. Today I learned a mangaka is a manga artist. Anubis is understandably perturbed by this. He's been split in two. In Twain. <laughs> yep, thank you. There we go. Wow. Star Platinum's strength isn't just its strength and its speed, but also Jotaro's ability to stay cool. And Jotaro's like, man, I'm so cool. 
God damn, I love transparency. Uh, Chuck uh, is down for the count. Is he calm? Yep, sure. <laughs> Drader is panting. Is he dead? No, he's just unconscious. Don't touch that sword. Okay, can Ponoref is like, don't touch that sword. So they don't touch the sword. Let's use the sheath to put the sword away so it won't control either of us. Clever. And honestly, you know, once, you know, I think once Polnareff almost draws the sword in the last episode, you're pretty much expecting him to end up under its control at some point in this. Oh, yes. So given that, I think he shows a lot more caution and intelligence in putting the sheath back on than you would expect him to. They're like profusely sweating as yeah. they do it, just going, oh god. Just the fact that he even suggests it though is yeah. seems almost seems so smart as to be unpolarf like. <laughs> and it's not even that smart, let's be honest. I mean, it's pretty smart to put it away in the sheath instead of touching it. True, true. Uh but Polnareff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's more of a Joseph play. Or Jodoro, or Avdol, or Kakuin. Literally anyone that isn't Polnareff. Not Iggy yet. 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 The hell? No, I'm just being dumb. Oh, okay. I was going to say... He can't a... hold a sword. He's a dog. Yeah, he's a dog. Well, he could use it in his mouth. Or the fool made of sand. Big sand fist. Yeah, true. Like how... um. Or just uses... You know how in cartoons, bees will form a big fist? Yeah. Like that with sand. <laughs> so he's just going to have this big fist made out of sand. Yeah. And also the sand is in the, the shape of bees. <laughs> <laughs> so they sheathe the sword. They're like, great. If it gets drawn again, we might be in trouble. What should we do with it? I mean... Not use it for a start. They come up with a clever idea, though. We should throw it into the Nile. Of course, the Nile. That's the river that makes habitation in Egypt possible. From whence it came, it shall go back. Sure, okay. (laughs) Anyway, then the police arrive. And they're like, oh good, the police are here. Hey, this guy needs to go to the hospital. (laughs) You assholes! I come here looking for a- wait, looking for a fight? I come here here looking for a fight and what do I find? A couple of guys who I want to (laughs) fight. Why have you got a sword? I mean, that's not what police officers sound like. He's like, Wellity, wellity, wellity. Here I come looking for a fight, and I find two guys who I want to fight. Well, welcome to Ogre Street, mate. Yeah. This is my friend Speedwagon. This <laughs> Egyptian Speedwagon. Egyptian Speedwagon. Who sounds like a mafioso. Anyway. So they think they're going to throw in the Nile, and then a police officer shows up. Yeah, and he's like, hey, you guys have a sword. Give me that sword. So they're like, uh, no, no, you can't take the sword. You definitely don't you want don't, the sword. If you draw it, bad things will happen. We might die. And they, Polnareff and this guy scuffle. And in that scuffle, as they're holding the sword and pulling on it and trying to yank it from the other person's grasp, Polnareff draws the sword. Purely by accident. What? Oh, it's like the one ring, you know, it wants to be drawn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the one drawing. The one manga? The one manga. It wants to be drawn. Get it? Because it's you mean like toast? Yeah, yeah, yeah touche. All right. Yep. <sighs> Anywho, <laughs> purple energy spews from the sword. Polnareff's eyes go blank, and Jojo's like, "What if he's under the spell of the sword?" Spoiler alert: He for sure is under the, the police spell officer. Sword. Continues to be a master of deduction, <laughs> and is like, "Hey, you drew the sword." Oh, did I draw the sword, or did you draw the sword, policeman? And then he attacks him. Oh, shit. And two important things that could happen in this attack. Firstly, he cuts the sheath in half, which the policeman was holding. Mm-hmm. I guess limiting their ability to put the sword away. <laughs> Into the sheath. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's And also, cool. the policeman is not cut. Not cut like uh, Chaka's friends were last week. Uh-huh. But he is thrown bodily backwards through a wall. One of those uh, iron door- I mean, roller doors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you get hit by a sword. That's what happens, right? That's just what happens. Yeah. Then, you know? I mean, certainly it's about to happen when Polnareff rushes at Jotaro and starts swinging this katana at him and Star <gasps> Platinum has to block with its knuckle duster fist thingies. Oh, no. It's a, it's a pretty cool fight scene, to be honest. No, it's dead. A lot of flurrying. Uh, they're standing there. Uh, so it's still Polnareff attack. Yeah. yeah. He, he does some slashes. Uh, Jotaro blocks it. And then uh, this is a cool moment. Jotaro, for a second, it looks like he has the upper hand as he gets his own punch off. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Chariot's arm just comes out of... Polnareff's shoulder in that way that these things sometimes happen and sort of cross-checks him with his own metal fist. So good. And that's Chariot being used in a way you don't really see, which is cool. Like a defensive stance. Well, no, like, you know, using its arm and not just its sword. Yeah. It was cool. It's good. Tasty. Yeah. It keeps fighting. Uh, and then he's going to do that. He's going to do that uh, overhead swing again. And Jonah is like, I got this. I'm going to do that cool samurai thing where you catch the blade in the middle of your hands. So he goes and tries to do it. Super slow-mo. But then gasp. The sword got faster. What? And he misses. Clap. What will Jotaro do? So Jotaro... Star Platinum. Freaks the fuck out, more or less. 
oh, I'd say he's, he keeps a pretty level head, all things considered. Considering Sorry. the alternative is losing his head. It's true. It's true. So he keeps his head, keeps his cool, sidesteps slightly. Headbutts the side of the sword with Star Platinum's head so hard that one of Star Platinum's little tiara things breaks. <gasps> no! The sword goes wide. Meanwhile, Star Platinum does this sort of William Shatner style two-handed cross chop into... <laughs> You know William Shatner fight moves? Yeah. Isn't that just like where he puts his two hands together in a ball? Yeah, it's the same principle as that though, right? <laughs> yeah, except now it's a little bit more nuanced. Yeah, now it's a, it's a double karate show. Now it's pray to the gods of your death kind of thing. He said as he made the motion. <laughs> so he hits into... Uh, is it Polnareff? Or yeah. Is it? Yeah, so he whacks into Polnareff with this weird into his, Right into his neck. Yeah, and they both go flying. Yeah, now I'm pretty sure... You had to point this out to me because I was taking notes, but I'm pretty sure what happened was... Because he only deflected the sword by a tiny bit, it still went into his shoulder. Yes. And as that policeman just taught us, when you get hit by swords, you go flying. Exactly. It's only consistent logic, people. <laughs> also, uh, Jotaro goes flying through a fire hydrant. No big deal. Well, you know, just Just, a just smashing a fire, hi, fire hydrant with his body, you know. Yeah. Just normal tough guy a, things. Yeah, just a bit of water coming out. Yeah. He's still pretty dry, though. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. Well, as we know, the elements don't affect Jotaro when they hit his, cl- when they hit his coat. <laughs> Look. We saw him burn to death. No, that was just his jacket. That's why I had to buy a new one. <sighs> he was underground the whole time. God fucking damn it. Anyway, Polnareff is like... Polnareff, Anubis, Polnareff. Same thing at this point. Yeah, Polnubis. No. Anubinoff? No. Oh. Actually, that's pretty good. Thank I might you. steal that for my D&D game. <laughs> the great Lord Anubinoff beckons you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Jodoro is like, I've got to kill Polnareff. Anubis is like, you've got to kill Polnareff, but you can't because you're weak. Weak, man. Hey, man. Now I'm going to show you something amazing. So amazing, it'll finish you right off. So, Silver Chariot comes out. Throw- well, first he throws that katana right into the air. Would have been good if Polnareff was just like, oh, I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> In that split moment yeah. of weakness. He's like, oh, oh, Noobs is gone. Yay. Just, yeah, that's what he sounds like. Yeah, just runs Oi. off. Hey, guys, I'm Polnareff. Hey, guys, I'm Polnareff. Just sweet Polnareff. <laughs> Jay sweet Polnareff. How you going? Silver Chariot comes out and catches Anubis in its non-sword hand and strikes that pose from the OP with two swords, but this time one of the swords is in the rapier. It's half a katana. <gasps> what? What? So you're telling me that he's now a two-sworded Silver Chariot? That's right. My God. Fuck to the yes. <laughs> you know, I think it, because they kept talking about how Anubis kept getting faster and stronger, I feel like that's a little disappointing because it kind of undercuts... The fact that for the first time we've seen it being used, it's being used by someone who actually knows how to use a sword. <laughs> yeah. But then you can just attribute its increased strength to the fact that somehow it just keeps getting faster and stronger, you know? But at the same time, it's kind of like... He, he started off as an amateur swordsman to Polnareff. Yeah. And then the second time we see it, Polnareff is now struggling. Yeah. And now it's like, well, I mean, Polnareff knows how to use a sword, but he now has all the memories of Polnareff mm-hmm. and the memories of Jotaro, which he probably wouldn't have... Just from being in Polnareff's head. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I know. I just think it's it's kind of a, a cool opportunity that isn't capitalised on being like, yeah, in the hands of a true swordsman, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah that's fair. But now he has two swords. He does have two sorry, swords. Sorry, No, it's not two swords, actually. It's a sword and a half. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Credit where it's due, he's only got a sword and a half. But that's still more than Star Platinum's zero swords. Oh, shit. What will you do? You can't even do your special clap move anymore because he's learnt it. And that means he'll never fall for it. He's increased his sword to star platinum ratio by 50%. You know, as I I remarked to you when we were watching it, it's a bit like that one sword in in Team Fortress 2. Yeah. The cursed sword that one makes you want to take heads and gets faster and stronger for every head you take. (laughs) Man, what a sword. What a game. What a legacy. Silver Chariot plus Anubis dual wielding. Now, ching, 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 ching. He does his opening gambit, which is spinning chariots rapier in one hand and the katana, the half the katana in the other and mm. slowly moving forward. And we both just turned to each other and went like, oh, you know, it's like General, General Grievous. Grievous. He's literally pulling a General From Grievous. From Star Wars Episode 3, The Phantom Menace 2, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> the Phantom Menace 2? I misspoke at first there and I just doubled down on it. <laughs> no, that's it. We're going with it. But, like, literally, he's doing the whole raise up the arms, yeah. swing sword. And then in the next shot, he's just stabbing with Silver Chariot sword a lot. Just like what General Grievous did, when <laughs> he just stops. You're like, oh, yeah. okay. Good old General Grievous. Oh, I suppose he did lose a hand, but still. 
You don't just stop. Obi Wan had that whole situation in hand until he lost his <laughs> lightsaber. Get it in hand because he chops off his hands. Yep. Nice. That was a solid pun out of ten. They're fighting. It's looking bad for Jodoroid. Color shifts so that he's all like sort of lime green. He looks more intimidating. We get get a cool shot of him as he does standing perfectly still, island in the storm, flurries of air flushing past him. Every now and then, small scratches appear on his clothing and his uh face. Yep. Because even though Star Platinum's super fast and cool, he's having trouble keeping up with uh, two sword silver chariots here. I mean, that says a lot about Polnareff's ability to be fast. True, but keep in mind also Anubis gets faster and stronger That is true, too. yeah. But, you know, we do know that Polnareff is good at going fast. God, he is good at going fast. Especially without armour. True. Well, it's a good thing he's wearing his armour then, right? Whew, man, I'm glad that he hasn't like... It'd be know. terrible if Jotaro sort of used some kind of made-up power to knock off some of his armour in a scene that only occurs in the anime. That would be ridiculously dumb, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd be awful. Star Platinum uses Star Finger knocking off a piece of armour on the shoulder of Silver Chariot in the arm that is holding the Anubis sword. That is unfortunate. And he's like, wow, my right arm is as light as a feather now. Flex, flex, flex. Time to undo my armour. And he strikes a pose and in the next shot he's still wearing the rest of his armour. Ironic, really. But he seems to have gotten faster. Hmm. Ironic, really. He could undo any armour except his own. Anubis stabs... Just everything. Stabs Jotaro in the gut. Stabs his abs. (gasps) Oh no, well first... No, I, I... I'm getting ahead of myself. Retcon, retcon. Because something terrifying happens, which is Silver Chariot's rapier impales through both of Star Platinum's hands, like stigmata That's style. That's right. And now Star Platinum That's, is locked in this weird, like... fucking gross. It's like nails through his hands as the Anubis both sword... Both his palms together. Yeah, just above his head as the Anubis sword goes into his abs. Dabs his abs. And then we see Jodoro cough up some Ab-fab. blood. Abfab. Abfab? Jodoro coughs up a lot of blood. Like a lot of blood. You know, the, kind of like an amount of blood that's appropriate for getting stabbed in the gut. I mean, you would think it's just a little bit of blood, not like a pool, you know? Because I feel like that amount of blood was more than you could hold in a mouth. Or is that an appropriate amount for being stabbed? I don't know, man. <laughs> I've never stabbed or been stabbed. Can we do some research? No. no. That's, cre- that's a creepy thing to say, man. <laughs> is this the first time Anubis sort of shows up? Um... I we've, mean, we've seen him like off in his own little void before. Yeah. Just whereas this time shit. he's actually in the air. Yeah, he, seems, he pops up in front of Polnareff and is like holding his arms up like a like a bodybuilder flexing his biceps. He's like, "Ha ha, Jotaro, you fool!" Yatta, he keeps saying, which is being translated as "I did it." Mm, I did it. But he's you know basically an expression of joy in Japanese. Mm. Joy and accomplishment. Very very dark soulsy. Yeah, he's praising the sun. Actually, he kind of is because he's got his arms. Yeah. On, so. He's like, I did it. I defeated Jotaro. Lord Dio's going to reward me so handsomely. Star Platinum slowly, agonizingly, reaches his hand down and grabs the blade of the katana. And he's like, you can't stop the blade or pull it out because I've memorized your moves. And that means you can't do Jack. This is looking pretty grim. Coughs out a lot more blood. Coughs out a lot more blood. And Star Platinum kind of fades away. Mm. And Jotaro's like, no. Stop, don't push the blade in further or it'll be murder. And he's like, I am going to push the blade in further, Sam, I am. I am going to rip up your guts. You know, Dio's stand, the world, is so powerful. Yeah, super powerful and terrifying. I could never defeat it. Which is why I pledge my loyalty to him. And now I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Isn't this a great day? Anyway, Jotaro yells and then kills him. (laughs) So He doesn't kill him. So Anubis tries to stab him more. Yeah. But but he didn't account for the fact that the only time he's not super fast is the time when he's stabbing someone because he's he's a sword. If he, if he hadn't stopped to gloat, he would have won. Yeah, that allowed Star Platinum to get a hand on him, which is all he needed to do to just start punching the side of the blade over and over again until all the blade is snapped off. My God, he's a genius. Of course, he just punches his way out. <laughs> if only he could come up with some sort of new special technique that he hadn't already memorized. I've got something. The aura. Shut up. <laughs> he just punches him a lot and snaps up all that blade off that precious ancient Egyptian steel. We'll learn soon why it's so precious, but <laughs> Jesus. Then a lot of blade falls out of Jotaro's oh, gut. Not that much. It's sort of well, like it's the amount. A good it's the, three inches. It's the amount we see for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Which in future shots we see it in is probably yeah, as you say, about three inches. Yeah, about three inches of good solid steel. Mm-hmm. Just. Bloop. And, uh, yeah, we get a little thing from Jotaro going, yeah, it's a good thing that it got stuck in there. Couldn't have been able to hit him. 
Mm. That's why I said if you put it in any further, it'd be murder. Because I would murder you. And I did. I'm cool. Wordplay. Yeah. Man, he was strong. I'm glad I could kill him before he killed me. For, man, I've never been so tired. He was so strong. I've got to go tell Alpjol and Joseph. God, he's an interesting protagonist, isn't he? I mean, he just has I do a, like him. I'm he has a mean. way with words, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> Polaref wakes up and is like, oh crap, did I get possessed? Hey, did I hurt you, Jotaro? Or was that, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, oh. did. you did. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right. We then cut to... Yeah, pan across to this kid standing, I don't know, 10 metres away. Licking some lollipops. Yeah, I thought it was an ice cream at first, but it's a big old lollipop. Yeah. Uh, and he sees... A sword on the ground. Or like half a sword. Yeah. Sort of uh, about three inches of steel. Wait, three inches of steel? That sounds familiar, doesn't it? No, you mean the other half that got snapped off. No. No? No. What? That half was all broken broken up. Yeah, but then the bit that got stabbed into Jodo was only three inches. Yeah, and that's the bit we're looking at. No, the bit we're looking at is the bit that got snapped off when he did that in twain. Because it's got the sharp bit on it. You're right. You're right. I was thinking because it was the end we were seeing, it must have been the bit in Jodo because it stabbed him. Oh, no. No, you're... No. Because that's just on the floor. Yeah. Sorry. I made a mistake. So I guess... You know, the bit that it felt that was of Jodo... That was in Jodo... Still pretty long. Yeah, it's like three inches. Not as long as I was thinking. It's like three inches, though. It's like that long. I'm trying to, like, produce three inches worth of... You're doing that. Yeah. That's about three inches. Yeah, it's like solid. Yeah, but it wasn't the half a sword. No, I it was wasn't half of. a sword. Yeah. No, no. So there's half of a sword, which is the bit that got snapped off. When he did the special samurai hand clap. Yeah. He's currently sitting just on the ground. Just. I, I like how this kid is standing there watching them after these guys have been in this life or death battle. And in the background, there were like maybe half a dozen dudes just not paying any attention to anything <laughs> that just happened. They're probably like, ah, oh, yes, another mugging. Good times. Uh, classic this part of Egypt. <laughs> uh... He was under control, it was fine. He had everything under control. So the kid is like, look at that sword. I should pick it up. So he goes over with its shiny shinies. Yep, gleams with evil energy and the kid's whole posture changes and he drops the lolly and he's like, yeah, I'm Anubis again. Now, is it just me or does it look like the kid is pulling the sickest dance move? Yeah, he strikes a hell of a pose. Like, one of his feet is kind of like on its heel and the other one's like tiptoed. Hand above his head. And he's like... Slightly crooked. Kind of almost doing the splits. <laughs> it reminds me of something. I don't know what it is. But no, I know what you mean though. Yeah. He starts... Anubis starts bragging. I'm Anubis. I did it. I'm invincible. Now I've learned that trick too. I know every trick there is in the Jotaro book. My trick user was a blacksmith who forged the sword 500 years ago. And we've just kind of snapped this sword in two... Shattered the lower half of it. Dio got me from a museum storeroom. I belong in a museum. You do belong in a museum. Because you're history. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! There it is. There it is. We got there in the end. Um, He basically just exposes about Dio and the world for a bit. Yeah, he's like, well, it was super powerful, but now I can catch I've learned all your moves, and now I'll get you super hard. And meanwhile, of 10 metres away... Polaroff is like, hey, Jotaro, do you want a band-aid? And he's like, no. No, I don't want a band-aid. Get off of me. I want a band-aid for being stabbed in the gut. What, I want a baby? Come on, give me a cigarette. (laughs) (sighs) Sweet tobacco eases the pain. Anyway, I'm just going to lay down and die now. (laughs) I would have thought that being Jotaro, he would have been like, give me five cigarettes. (sighs) Ah. It's just going He does that thing. Yeah, does the thing. It's like, yeah, it's not working fast enough. Better eat them. (laughs) smoke comes out of his mouth because they're still lit oh no the kids rearing up to throw the edge of the blade at them and then who should save the day arf arf motherfucker our little friend Iggy comes running on over oblivious to this whole situation or is he yeah probably I mean there's a good chance picks up that lollipop off the ground bumping into the kid as he goes I like how you say picking up he is just going for that he lollipop he picks it up and he keeps running that's how I he, he just, foot I thought he immediately just tried no, you're to thinking like, of the it. next shot of we oh, have him okay. eating the lollipop. All right, gotcha. Getting ahead of yourself, Nick Ballantyne. Right. Well, he trips up this kid. Trips up this kid. The throw goes wide. Oh, he man. starts twirling around like a boomerang, <gasps> but not returning. Just the twirling motion they do when thrown. Oh, he doesn't have the aerodynamic grasp. He's like, "Oh no, I'm flying away towards the river. No, not the Nile. That's what sustains life in Egypt." I'm gonna rust the hell out if I hit that. Yeah, thing. I'm a sword. I'm done for. Somebody stop me, he says, <laughs> referencing his favourite movie, The Mask. <laughs> so he sort of 
starts picking up on this weird air current that starts turning yeah. him a little. And he's like, yes, the air current's blowing me towards that wall. So lucky. I'll hit that wall and fall to the floor. Oh, oh no. Sick. I accidentally used my special powers to face through the wall because I'm freaking out so much. Jotaro, this guy isn't. <laughs> Does not keep a cool head under pressure. The beauty of this is, I think I, did, I said to you and just went, wow, it's good to know that a god of Egypt is just as much of an idiot as we all are. Again, not a literal god, just a stand that suggests one. Yeah, but still, still, good to know that Anubis is an idiot. (laughs) This is just, it's so farcical, because he gets, like, four opportunities (laughs) where he thinks he's going to be able to save himself, and he he either squanders them all, or they just don't work. It's so good. Look, a boat. I'll get stuck in the boat, and the boatman will pull me out. Then I'll possess that boatman and go and kill Jotaro. Lands in the flank of a cow on the boat, and he's like, Oh no, I landed in the cow! The cow is struggling! Oh no! It starts ramming the mast, and falls backwards through the side of the boat, and he's like, I'll take over the cow's mine! No, the cow's falling in the river! It's too late! Meanwhile, on the shore, Polnareff's like, Hey, there's a cow freaking out over there! I was like, Jesus, that is some good eyesight! Trader goes, who cares? Good grief, I just... Can we go now? Yeah, can we... Like, I'm bleeding out here, man. (laughs) Can you pay me some attention instead of the cow? Maybe give me a bandage or something? I don't need a ball ring to be cool, man. He doesn't want a bandage, he already rejected that. Uh, It wasn't a bandage, it was a band-aid. Okay. (laughs) Very big difference. So he falls out... He falls out of the, the cow's flank into the current of the river. And he's like, Hey, fishes, come here and save me. The fishes all leave. He lands on the bottom. No, Mr. Fishies! Mr. Krabs? (laughs) (laughs) money 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 no come back here (laughs) so he tries desperately to convince these non-sentient life forms to come and help me much like those mice previously maybe I I think maybe there's a connection and they all just run away yep sea creatures hate swords it's a fact I mean they hate steel what the hell they're not getting hooked by this sword yeah, almost. Almost. It's a sword, not a hook. And he's yeah. crying and he's like, don't leave me alone here at the bottom of the Nile, which is necessary to sustain life in Egypt. So, uh, he retires. Anubis yeah. retires. Anubis retires. He's in a deep hole at the bottom of this particular part of the ocean. He's like, oh, rust in a day. Very little chance of someone going swimming and saving him down there. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone's swimming in the Nile. I don't know. For fish. I've never been to Egypt. Neither have I. If you're an Egyptologist... <laughs> I would actually be interested in hearing from an Egyptologist. Actually, if you could tell us more about anything to do with Egypt, because I fucking love Egypt, that'd be great. It's sunset. Iggy's sitting there staring at the sun. Very poignantly. Yeah, he's sort of smiling, being contemplative. And then we see his face, like in just one beautiful close-up shot. So majestic. So not a dog. (laughs) Truly, truly disturbing. And uh, Polnareff shows up and hits him on the back of the head and is like, hey, why are you staring at the sun? Idiot. Fucking Jesus. You're such a foolish There's dog. There's nothing to eat in the sun, idiot. <laughs> you want your coffee gum? Stop looking at the sun. Iggy jumps on Polnareff's face and starts farting. Hey! That's my boy. Meanwhile, Jotaro is just wrapping up telling the other guys about what happened. And they all, they go, Wow, to think all of that happened without us. That sure sounded like a powerful stand. That must have been rough. Let's never do it again. <laughs> Jotaro says, I'm never going anywhere with him again. And Joseph and uh, Avdol say, agree? Yeah. Or something like that? You're like, what? Get out of here, Polnareff. You're bad news. I was thinking Polnareff's just going to get kicked out next episode. It's like, <laughs> we're going to get Kakuin and then fuck off, Polnareff. And we cut away. It's the next day, I presume. Mm-hmm. We see shots of, I think it's the Temple of Ra or something. It's that one ancient Egyptian temple with the big Ramesses statues. Uh, not all Egyptian temples are the same, Liam. No, but I'm talking about one particular one. Not all of them have... Shit, I've gotten into my own loop. Yep. I don't know why you would say that when I specifically said I was talking about a specific Egyptian temple. Neither do I now, I don't know. (laughs) The narrator starts telling us about all the different races that live in Egypt. Oh, do tell. There's your typical Egyptian, Uh the Nubian, Mm -hmm. which is, as we know, uh, how you refer to people who come from Naboo. As Qui-Gon and Watto taught us when they were talking about that Nubian starfighter. God fucking damn it. Or the engine on it or whatever. We're never going to go one Egypt episode without mentioning... We already Something. did. Did we? We talked about General Grievous. No, no, I mean, we're never going to go one episode without talking about Naboo. I don't see why. Yeah, fair. That's we, did, fair. we did last week. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. Never mind. There's the Bedouin and an Indian who has, has nothing, nothing to, to do, do with, with this. this. And that's... we saw one of each of those guys appear on the screen each time. <laughs> and then he says, what you're about to see doesn't have much to do with race anyway. 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 And then a femme fatale. Yeah, she's walking. Uh, we get like... 
cool shots of like her boots hitting the floor and then like her legs and then her red hood. And these two guys off to the sides being like, my God, look at her. And I think the video skipped in a weird way here or maybe uploaded in a weird way. Weird way, Because we saw that guy going, my God, look at her. Shots of the red cloak. And then it skipped back to that guy going, my God, look at her. Shots of that red cloak. It was the exact same thing. I can't keep my eyes off her. She's like, bam. Ooh. She's walking. She smiles. To be continued. <gasps> Last train home. You sound like a cat singing on a fence. <laughs> and then someone's going to throw an alarm clock or a boot at you. I'm like that dog from Excel Saga that sings in the credits. The one that I can't the, remember. The one that's named like Beef or something. And he just sings. He's like... I can't help you with like, this. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Anyway. And that's the end of the episode. My God. So, Nick. So many questions. Nick, first, my question for you is, uh, what's your highlight from this episode? Ooh. Ooh. I could just anger you and say it's Iggy, but it's probably not Iggy. Although, to be fair, <laughs> it was pretty fucking funny when uh, you just see Iggy just show up. Actually, no. My highlight is that entire section from Iggy showing up onwards. That was pretty good. I was, just like, I was actually oh, considering picking that myself. It's just so dumb. Like, but it's amazing. For my highlight, I'm just going to go with traditional action scene route. And just uh, the whole silver chariot, dual wielding, sword battle. Good stuff. Solid. Yeah. Solid. Nick, what's your low light for this episode? I think you know what mine is by this point. Is it Iggy? Well, hang on. I'm going to have to pick, pick specifically which, aren't I? Yeah, there's one Iggy and then there's second Iggy. Do you prefer the scene... Where he is farting in retaliation, or do you prefer the scene in which we see a close up of his face and then farting on Polnareff for no real reason? No, farting on Joseph. No, 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 no. Farting in retribution against Joseph for withholding the gum versus being hit on the head and just sort of getting on. That's Polnareff. not for no real reason. Well, it's no real good reason. It was just a mere smack. Wow, this is wow. slippery fucking territory. Jesus Christ, yeah. Nick. Oh, dear. There's a show about this. Just, okay. Let's just go full-blown here. Always smack your dog to teach it not to eat gum. That'll, you know. I'm going to go with, with the Joseph one. Okay. All right. The retribution one. Moving swiftly along. <laughs> um, What's my low light, though? Hmm. Hmm. I want to say the breaking of armor only to then have it mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Where it's like, literally, he's like, man, it's light as a feather now. I'm at exactly I the was same already level. really fast. Yeah, I'm at the same level as you anyway, so uh, yeah. this does nothing. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So, Nick, my next question is, uh, what do you think, just per chance, mm-hmm. uh, if you give it some thought, bit of an unusual question, I know. I'm, I'm getting there, yep. What do you think is going to happen next time in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders, uh-huh. Season 2, Battle in Egypt? Yep. The episode entitled, Bastet's Maria... Part one. Bastet Maria. Bastet. B-A-S-T-E-T. Bastet. Bastet. Is Bastet set? No, Bastet is Bastet. But is one of the other names for Bastet set? No. Okay. Good to know. Uh, Bastet. Maybe he's the eagle-headed one. Like a bird. A bird man. Now, I'm going to tell you... I would tell you that they aren't so literal, usually. Yeah. As you well know. Yeah. But in this episode, we did have a jackal-headed Anubis spirit taunting the protagonist. Um, hmm... Hmm. Okay, well, obviously Maria is a femme fatale. We know this. That makes this. sense. She's got legs for days. As that man said. Possibly weeks. We don't know yet. There's just no way of establishing what sort of unit of calendar time these legs fill up. And that's her power. <laughs> Controlling time through good looks. Uh, okay. When I saw her, the world stopped. And then she punched me in the dick. <laughs> uh, hmm. Okay. Bastet. Am I allowed to know anything about Bastet? Before? Only what you bring to the table. Fuck. As per usual. Every uh, time you say, oh, I'll go home and do some reading on Egyptian gods. God, I always and, do, don't I? And then you don't. And then I don't. But we have it any other way. No, I like it. <laughs> okay, well, I was saying that I thought this one would be the one with the, like, shepherd's hook one. Yep. And then you just went, why? H- how does that make any sense? And I was like, okay, sure. That's, yep, that's fair. I didn't uh, say, how does it make any sense? I say, what are you basing that on? Well, I said it was from the OP because I thought there was her head with, like, the hood on it. And then another... Um, and I said, I don't think they're that literal. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, hang on a minute. So, hmm, a femme fatale. It's not going to be like a Dan of Steel episode where, you know, she'll just taunt them with her good looks. That That's what <laughs> femme fatales do. Sure. Or they lure you into traps. They do. Because they a dame do. walked in and said, yeah. asked you to take the case. And you're like, I'll take the case. It was a lot. It was a late night. Okay, I had drunk quite a lot and smoked a lot of cigars. 
I only had my two friends in my pockets. One's a bottle of whiskey and the other's a Colt 45. And a dame walked in and I said to my friends, I'll take the case. Jesus Christ, Sherlock, you're having a bad day. Uh, okay, all right. Maria. Sherlock didn't drink. Maria is what her did name. He? he took opiates for a while, but then he stopped because they impinged on his ability to solve mysteries. Deduction. Um, yeah, so her name's Maria. 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 Maria doesn't sound very Egyptian, but that's probably because it's just a reference. So, Maria. Maria Femme Fatale will probably try and seduce... That's a good name. Maria Femme Fatale. I reckon that she will just show up, either try and seduce Polnareff, because he's easy. Because he's the one you would seduce. Exactly. Uh, or she'll try and seduce Avdol. Huh. Because we haven't really seen much of Avdol being seduced. Or doing anything. Or doing anything <laughs> for a while. So I reckon this is the time where, you know, his fiery red passion, shall we say. Tisk tisk, Avdol. Mm. Maybe she'll try and lure one of them away for sure. And do what? Uh, kill them, is what Yeah, but I'm do. saying how. Uh, Stand powers, Nick. Uh, but Okay. She's a femme fatale. She has a lot of jangly things on her as well, I noticed. Okay. Like the beads just like hanging off. Uh, and her hood. What's the significance of the hood? Hmm. Maybe she uses shadows of some kind. Sure, whatever. Uh, <laughs> where it's like, yeah, I have Vestet, who's like god of shadows. Remember, it's not that literal. Geb was the god of the earth and made of water. But he did use the earth to hear things and then snap him up. This is my sure. snapping motion. It's sure. just grabbing. Okay, well, maybe... Okay, it has to be she's going to lure one of them away and then attack them with some kind of, like, sleight of hand thing. Because that's how all femme fatales work. Okay. They always go, hey, lucky guy, come in for a kiss, dagger in the heart. Sure. <laughs> or more importantly, dagger, like, down through the entire torso so that, you know, you Jesus. make sure they're dead. Okay, I think that's yeah. pretty comprehensive. Uh, yeah, so she'll just kind of, like, sedu- what if, what if the stand is, like, a seduction stand? So maybe it's like Bastet is the god of fertility and her whole thing is, yeah, I'm like a really good looking lady who, if you kiss me, I'll just suck out all your life energy. Oh, she's a dementor. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I reckon some kind of underhanded thing that she would use with her good looks because, you know, seems like a significant plot point or something that, uh, you know, upon seduction of Polnareff because, or Abdul, it has to be Polnareff. She's going to seduce Polnareff and then stab him in the back with some shadows. Okay. At certain points there, you weren't far off from it. Damn it! But I won't say which. Uh, If you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you give us a rating or review on iTunes. Or if you want to correspond with us, I can be reached at jojosworld at gmail.com or on Twitter at jojospodcast. You can't reach me. I have a chastity belt on. That's what they call it. Until next time. To be continued. (laughs) 